I'm so excited about today's episode. I am joined by my very first guest, Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith, Houston gynecologist and founder of Complete Midlife Wellness Center. After having been a regular guest on her podcast, Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan, I'm honored to have her here joining me as we discuss living a life of alignment, which sometimes means you have to renegotiate old commitments to stay true to your intentions. Hey guys, I am so excited today because I'm here with my very first guest on my podcast, Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith, who is a gynecologist here in Houston. She specializes in midlife wellness for women, especially hormonal and sexual and relational wellness. And I'm so excited to have you. Yay, I'm so glad to be here. I know. I've been on your podcast multiple times, and it's so nice to have you on mine. I know. I feel like this is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I know. We always have fun. Um, So Dr. Susan has a podcast herself. It's called Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan. So definitely be sure to check that out. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. So Sexually Woke is the name of a book that I published last year. So one of the things I specialize in is sexual wellness for women. And long story short, I went through a process myself of kind of waking up to the best sex that you can have. So that became a theme of mine and it kind of extends into relationships and everything else that I do. So that that's like why we call people it sexually would be woke. interested in that. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> sounds fun, doesn't it? Good. Yes. It really does. Yeah. I, I love that. You're just not sleeping through your own life. You're woke, right? You know? Yeah. There's just a theme I think that you talk about too on your podcast and everything you do about just waking up into this fullest version of yourself that's already here. So we're not like creating something. We're just finding it underneath all of these layers of junk that's been piled on over the years. So that could be in sexuality or relationships or all of these things that we talk about, right? Yeah, I love it. And you just opened up your brand new office, Complete Midlife Wellness Center. And I got the opportunity to go there and it is just stunning. It's pink and gold and beautiful. It's all the girly stuff. Yeah, it's pretty. It does not look like a gynecology office. I'll say that. It's, yeah, thank goodness, right? Because the bar is pretty low. So it is, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's still really nice. I love it. And you do all kinds of cool things there. Tell us, like, what are you most excited about? Yeah. So, well, sex, of course, I talk about sex all the time, but um, I'm 54. And so I'm really excited about how to live our best life when we're in midlife or menopause, perimenopause, all of that fun stuff that happens as we get to be 40 and older. So, hormone replacement, sexual wellness for women who are, you know, getting to be maybe in the second half of life like me. Uh, So we do hormone replacement, hormone pellets, laser, all kinds of fun toys. You can check it all out. I figure if you've got to be at the office all day, you might as well look nice. So we've got really pretty furniture and comfy chairs. And And my favorite part is the wallpaper in the bathroom. We have fun wallpaper. It's so fun. Yeah. I love it. Um, Well, Dr. Susan is an Enneagram 8, and she's actually a life coach. She is my life coach. Mm. (laughs) I am so grateful for you. We have had some serious talks. You have really um, coached my soul over the last year. I'll say that. And Uh, ditto. Yes. I love it. You got to have friends like that, you know. But uh, we decided that we wanted to talk about something that we're both really passionate about that we thought um, a lot of people out there, it would resonate. It's the concept of renegotiating. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about how you feel about that. Why is that important to you? Yeah. So I got really excited about the idea of commitment. It was sort of part of my coach training, but also in my own life, like what commitment meant to me. And uh, those of you know about Enneagrams, it was an Enneagram 8. I get like super passionate about stuff and commitment was sort of a very big theme in my life. But I also suffered from the other side of that, which is when 
things didn't work out, I had a gigantic sense of failure. Like, oh, you know, maybe something I committed to, I changed my mind. I did something else. It felt like a failure that I'd done something wrong. And then it really occurred to me that that's not necessarily the case. Like, I, I hadn't failed. I had just renegotiated the prior commitment. And so I got really excited about trying to figure out, like, when we're changing our mind, because life changes. And please, we hope we change our mind, right? Because we can't plan for the future and stick to it. But I'm often inquiring myself, like, if I'm changing my mind about something, am I just quitting and giving up? Mm -hmm. Or am I actually intentionally renegotiating my prior commitment? And I I love that nuance, because for me, it's been really important to make sure that when I am changing, that I'm doing it out of intention and renegotiating a prior commitment and not just giving up. And and for me, that kind of got rid of all of the guilt and shame and all of that that could go along with this feeling of failure that we get when things don't work out. Right. So, right. you know, that's that just got like, what do you think? That, that became a really exciting idea for me. And, you know, I know you were talking about divorce and other times mm-hmm. when things don't work out the way our future mind had planned. Um, you know, and often that can feel like a failure, but I mean, I really, I try to frame it differently. I think I definitely can understand the failure. And I think what is a tendency of mine to do is I'm so stuck on the original plan. And for a long time, I didn't know why. And sometimes still, you really have to kind of figure it out and spend time with yourself. But I tried to force things like this is the original plan. It must work. And Mm -hmm. you spend so much of your life trying to force an original plan that just might not be the best anymore. And I just I guess that stems from not wanting to fail at it. But you just waste so much time forcing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I like that idea for me and other coaching clients that I've worked with. I think we do get stuck or I do get so stuck on whatever idea it is that I've committed to. Cause you know, like I said, I'm really big on commitment. So, you know, take marriage for example. Um, and I have been divorced and in that case I chose to end that relationship, but there was a huge amount of guilt and shame that went along with this idea of failure. Cause our you know, culture piles that on, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you committed to something and you know, I had a traditional marriage where I actually said those words, like I promise to be with you till the end of my life. And, at that time, that was my intention, for sure. I mean, I did intend that, but then I wasn't the same person anymore. Mm-hmm. And so over a lot of years of thinking about it and, and you know, thinking about how that actually worked, I didn't quit. I didn't fail anything. I just renegotiated that commitment. So uh, I committed to living in my fullest aliveness for myself, and that meant I had to let some things go. So I don't think that's a failure, Uh, I really don't. I I love that. And so let's back that up a little bit because you said you committed to an intention, Mm -hmm. not like a moment in time or the future or forever in in whatever regards, you know, life, whether it be, you know, your fitness journey or professional journey or personal life, but you commit to an intention. So how would you describe an intention and how do you set it? Yeah. So sometimes we have to back up quite a bit when for myself, like when I'm thinking about, you know, what my deepest intention is. And I actually started a practice of doing this every single morning just to stop and sit and you might call it meditation or just some time for contemplation or whatever it is, but just to remind myself of my intentions every day. So Mm -hmm. what are my intentions really? And they may be, you know, different for you, but for me to try to show up 
in my full authenticity, to be honest, to build connection, uh, to show up with love, like to, you know, add love to every situation when I can, to apologize when I make a mistake, just some basic things like that. And I can commit to that. I I can, I can commit to that wholeheartedly, but that also means that, you know, if I'm committing to showing up in my full authenticity, that might mean that some other things have to change because I'm changing. I'm not the same person I was two years ago or 10 years ago. So, you know, another example, just there's a bit of a silly example, but you know, say you set a workout plan because Meg and I both exercise a lot. So I set a workout plan to I don't know. I'll make up something. So to to run five times a week or whatever. Because Susan is an Ironman, by the way, like eighteen times. <laughs> well, not quite, but but yeah, I've done a lot of running. So um, so say I set an intention to work out five times a week, and then I wake up in the morning and I don't want to do it. You know, maybe I don't want to do it because I'm feeling tired and grumpy, and actually going would be a really good idea, and that would be more in line with my intentions to live in my fullest aliveness. Mm-hmm. But if I've injured myself and going would actually be harmful, it would be really wise to renegoci- you know, renegotiate that commitment. And because say, that would go against your intention. Right. So to say, you know what, I know I committed to run five times a week for a month, but my knee's really hurting, so I'm going to renegotiate that agreement. I'm going to decide to do yoga instead, or I'm mm-hmm. going to give myself three days off. But that's a decision that comes from intention, not from just sort of resignation. So, you know, one of the other things that I try to investigate in this decision-making process is, is it just sort of like resignation? Like I'm just sort of giving up or is it like a full acceptance of what's actually happening? Like, okay, I'm injured. I'm accepting that. And so I'm going to renegotiate this prior agreement that I had with myself because it stays in line with my intentions. And so, you know, my intentions might change too as I, well, they will, as I, I hope they will. <laughs> it's like, yeah, as if you I grow, grow and you change. <laughs> right. But, you know, for me, the central one is just to show up in my full aliveness and, and to adopt things or to keep things that uh, serve that and to abandon things that don't. So I think that's a, for me, that's a pretty simple decision-making cue. Mm-hmm. Like, is this helpful or not helpful? And just that, you know, constantly abandoning things that are not helpful, not serving me and adopting things that are. And when I break it down to that level, it gets pretty easy to make decisions. Just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper where it's like your situation is not the foundation. Your circumstance is not. It's it's really what is the foundation driving, I guess, motivator is your uh, intention. Yeah. Does this align with my intention? I think that's really it. I mean, when when I drop down under all the questions, that can sort of answer the most difficult questions. Is this in line with my deepest intentions that I've just thought about for my life? And then, you, you know, you might have to sit down for a while with a pen and paper and actually sort of write down, like, you know, if we go back to, say, uh, marriage, for example, because this is a very hot topic for a lot of people. Like, um, you know, I work in the sexual wellness and relationship business. And so I meet a lot of people who are in relationships that are less than healthy, let's just say. Mm -hmm. And there's so much fear around, and I had it too, there's nothing wrong with you, fear around letting go of relationships that are not working for us. But, uh, you know, when I was sort of thinking, you know, what what is my deepest intention for being in relationship? And, And is this serving me? And, you know, to be really honest about the answer and then to listen to it. And so, and then the hardest part, I know you and I have talked about this, when you hear that little voice is then to act on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, right. you, you just be in there. Right. You might not like what you hear. Right. Um, the and action part, there there sometimes is a little gap 
between the time you think it and then working up some courage and talking to yourself, okay, like I, in order to be in, aligned with my intentions, you know, it does take action. And I think if you're kind of in a place in life where you just feel a little off or you feel a little stuck, just go back down to that foundation, identify your intentions, but are you aligned with your intentions? And you might not be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's so true. I, I think that's so important that I started literally doing it every day. And I, do I, that. I wrote down what currently my deepest intentions are, the best that I know. And what I do right now is every morning I look at them and I sit for a moment and think about them and then set an intention to show up in that way as much as I possibly can throughout the day. And that's all I can promise is that well, I can't even promise the day. I can just do the best that I can in that moment. But if there's a difficult decision about giving something up or changing something, I can always go back to that list and just ask mm -hmm. myself, you know, is, is this in line with that or not? You know, sometimes we get offered opportunities that sound really exciting. Right. <clears throat> so I was offered an opportunity to join, I won't say the group, but this group that's very prestigious and it sounded so exciting and was also really expensive and got really excited reading about it. And I was so honored to have been invited. And then I sat with it for a little bit and it was not in line with my intentions at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so I chose to you know, pass on that opportunity, which uh, many people would think is a crazy thing to do. But yeah, it, just, it was probably a really hard choice. But going back to having that intention to guide you makes that difficult choice, I won't say easier, but it just gives a little bit more clarity on what you know the right answer is. Yeah, it makes the answer pretty clear. Now, you might not want to hear it because mm -hmm. my other side is like, oh, but wait a minute, it'd be really cool to be in that group and uh, <laughs> yeah. you to meet all these fantastic people. That's uh, the, where the ego comes in, right. you know? And, and then I've just you know, slowly learned that, you know, by trial and error, that when I listen to that ego voice, it, I'm not going to end up in a place that makes my heart happy. That's not going to make me happy ultimately to, mm -hmm. to do that thing that I turned down. So I was able to have some peace with that. And that's just a small example, but those type of things come up every day where we're at a crossroads, like, do I do this or that? Mm -hmm. um, and it might be as simple as I got two different dates I could go on tonight. Which one do I go Which on? Which one should I go on? Yeah. Tonight? A I mean, taller one. <laughs> <laughs> like it, the one without the fish picture on hinge. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, when it comes, how do we make decisions? Like we're making a million decisions every day. And every yeah. decision that we make leads to the next thing that happens, right? That's the karma. Like every, every action that we take leads to the next thing yeah. that happens. So it is quite important. And so I think, you know, without getting too serious about it, like, how do we make decisions? Like, we've got to have something to rely on. And for me, that's coming back to what my deepest intention is. And then it's a bit brave. Yeah, it's being brave. Yeah, it's to, definitely brave. To renegotiate whatever commitments that we've made if they're not serving us anymore and they're not mm -hmm. in line with our deepest intentions. And that could be something as big as a divorce or changing your job, or it could be something as small as changing your workout routine. Or Change or, is hard. It definitely takes bravery to, to make any change. Or, or like not sticking to a New Year's resolution or something, right? Mm -hmm. You and I both had an experience oh, with yeah. that this year. I didn't do mine. I Well, and that's the thing too, you know, I didn't set an intention. Maybe I did and I just didn't identify it. But what my biggest goal, so if you're new to setting intentions, if you want to take it down and just simplify it a little bit more, because sometimes I find people get a little overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, how do I set an intention? What do I do? Let's strip it down to this. Define what you are a yes for right? What are you a yes for? 
and I'll use the the New Year's resolution uh, example. But at the beginning of the year, I had two goals. One was to do 75 hard. And not only was I doing it, I also was leading a group very publicly about it. And, you know, we did a Facebook group, all the things. And that workout is, it's crazy. I wanted to do it. And I never asked myself why I wanted to do it. I never had a really solid intention behind it. But I wanted to do it, right? Check it off the list. Classic Enneagram 7. Yeah, sounds great. I'm in. And ask questions later. <laughs> well, I signed, I signed up for it too. I was in the Facebook group and I'm an Enneagram 8. And mine was just like, well, God, if anyone can do it, I can do it. So I'm doing this thing. I lasted two weeks, just by the way. <laughs> I know. I, me too. 16 days. Well, then I kind of got back on it. But yeah, I, I didn't really set an intention. But if I did, I didn't actually believe in my intention because my intention, like, hey, let's just check this off the list. Let me do this big, amazing Instagram transformation. Yeah, it'll be great. I mean, I liked seeing other people's success and impacting that. But for myself, I didn't really have a strong intention behind it. And that is very rigorous. It's like you're working out twice a day. You have to read, which I do anyway. You have to drink all this water and no alcohol. No alcohol. I, I failed on that one. Well, I didn't fail. I renegotiated. You I decided renegotiate. that um, <laughs> it was better for me to have a glass of wine now and then than to stick to this plan. And that was yeah. made, made with intention. And you, yeah, because eventually you start to think like, why am I doing this? You know. <laughs> and so for me, it was a very critical part of my business. I was teaching SoulCycle, I think probably about 15, 12 to 15 times a week, right? Well, 75 hard doesn't allow for an off day. So when you're teaching 15 classes a week and trying to work out, you know, doing these extra workouts, one has to be outside. It just really wasn't sustainable for me and it didn't make me feel good. And I, it got to the point where I'm like, oh, I have to do this because I said I would. I should do this. And that that actually goes against my foundational intentions of living my best life ever and you know, I, I renegotiated, you mm -hmm. know, I, I was That's at this a great example. Yeah. And yeah, it I wasn't working anymore. It wasn't working. And, and my mm. business was really taking off. It needed a lot of time and attention, especially on teaching, you know, all those classes and stuff. And I really, I just didn't have time for it. And if I truly had identified the intentions behind each 75 hard was like, Hey, let me do this for the glory and spending time and the attention on my business in that critical point in time, because a lot of things were happening the intention behind that was, oh my gosh, I've been working on this for three years. My intention is to build it to the point where I know it could be. That intention outweighed my 75 hard intention. So I think I made it to like day 38. And then we had that crazy freeze and I just blamed it on that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. But had I, you know, really taken responsibility and ownership of my intentions I probably wouldn't have committed in the first place. To yeah, it. that's a really good piece of wisdom, I think, because I do this too, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people do. Sometimes we commit to things without inquiring very much about why. Like maybe it's like me out of a sense of competition, or like Meg just said, because she just likes to do everything that's out there. Everything. Um, <laughs> but, you know, committing to things, you know, it's, it's serious. Um, I mean, not in a dead serious sort of a way, but it requires a, a little bit more thought than I've put into some of my commitments in the past. And, and those ones are not going to be things that we follow through on. But I, I love that idea of just going back to what your deepest intentions are. Mm -hmm. If you're, if it's regarding your relationships or your job or whatever it is that you're deciding to commit to, 
And I'm, I'm super good at committing to things and sticking to them. That's like one of my points of genius. But I'm also pretty comfortable pivoting when the time's right. So I just go back to that same thing. You know, is this helpful? Is this uh, helping me to grow into my fuller aliveness or is it hindering it or being more harmful? And then we just abandon those that are not working and adopt new ones. And I think, you know, a lot of people might think that sounds like sort of flitting around life and not sort of sticking with anything. But I, I think it's not that at all. I think it's just understanding impermanence mm-hmm. and recognizing that growth is only possible if we allow ourselves to change. So if we, if we commit to something and just dig our heels in and just, you know, clench onto it, like a marriage or a job or whatever it is. Just to force it, just to right. make sure it works. So that we can say to ourselves or our friends, hey, I'm, I'm not a quitter. I, you know, I, I stick to my commitments. I don't quit. I, I never fail. We're committing to being stuck. I mean, the, the only thing we're committing to really there is being stuck. We're committing to not growing. Mm-hmm. We're committing to not changing. And that is something that I don't want to commit to. So I would much rather be at risk of having to feel the pain of not completing something or that little ouch of feeling like you might have failed at something. Or what are other people going to say? Right, that all of that stuff, because we're human beings, so that still goes through our minds. I'd much rather be at risk for having that feeling and sit with it for a while than not to change and grow. Because I, mean, I think that's the choice point there, really. Like, if we're going to just dig our heels in with our commitments and say, you know, I said I was going to stay married forever, so I'm going to do it, or I'm going to wait till the kids are 18, or... I'm just going to stick with this job that I hate because I'm going to get a punch in, in five more years or yeah. what, whatever it is that we're just delaying happiness for some future date. That is not in line with my core values and my core intentions. So I think we have to know what they are. I mean, so mm-hmm. to start with the basics, we've got to figure out what our core values are and what our intentions are. And then it becomes pretty easy to assess everything in our lives. And, you know, not to say it's easy to end a relationship or a job, but it it feels right. It's still mm-hmm. hard. We still right. grieve, but we know it's right. Right. You have that underlying sense of this is right for me. And I love that if we could just really spend a little bit of time with ourselves to figure out like, what are we a yes for? I'm a yes for knowing my decisions are right for me. Mm-hmm. It can be something as simple as that. Or I'm a yes for what was yours? Because it was really good. I think other people might want to take yours. Yeah. So mine right now are my, I have an intention every day to show up in every situation as much as I can in my full authenticity, uh, to show up in a way that inspires connection, to bring love to every situation, like uh, to apologize when I screw up. Oh, that's a hard one. I don't think I want that. One. <laughs> I'll, take it, I, I'll take it. I, I mean, I, I promise you I don't do all those things all day, but that is my intention. My intention yeah. yeah. And so... Yeah, so that's that's pretty straightforward. I've got a couple of other ones, but those are the big ones. And so some days I wake up like all of us, and mm-hmm. I don't feel very good. I don't I don't feel like bringing love to every situation and showing up in my full aliveness and all that. But if I can remind myself that every day, it gives me some, a direction. You know, do you ever sort of get up and the day is, seems directionless? Um, right, you can feel scattered. You know, it's like a little bit like, of this, a little bit of that. Like, like what like, am I doing? Yeah, what yeah. am I doing? And yeah, it's because you haven't set that intention for your life. And then here's another thing too. It's what makes something successful or more successful? And most of the time it's consistency, right? You're going to mm-hmm. achieve your workout goal or your weight goal or your bodybuilding goal or whatever it might be if you work out consistently or eat right consistently or you'll probably meet somebody 
to date, if you were out there dating consistently versus just in your apartment all the time watching Netflix, right? It's just, it's a proven fact. And if you consistently live by the same intentions, you will start to see some type of motion towards what is meant for you in life. So if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling scattered, just establish, hey, what am I a yes for? What's my intention? And that will give you a little bit of direction. Yeah. I mean, it just feels so much more, well, intentional to me. Yes. Like to, to get up and know what I'm doing today. Not to say that I know what's going to happen today. I don't know what's going to happen today. But what am I doing today? Like how am I going to show up today in whatever situation presents itself, mm-hmm. whether it's at work or driving my car or going to the gym? You know, my intentions are the same. And I'm a human being, so I get derailed from those sometimes. And I do or say something that's not in line with that. But my intention is to notice that as quickly as I can so I can turn it around, apologize if I need to, make amends, choose start again. over. Yeah. Right. Yeah, choose again. So you can start over every day. Some days are feel more successful than others, but the intention stays the same. And for me, I know what I'm doing when I wake up. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. None of us know what's going to happen, but I know what I'm doing. And that feels good. That feels like I'm moving towards something that's positive for my own life. And I think when we do that, well, I know when we do that, because I've seen it happen in my own life, we start attracting the things that help to grow us even further. Yeah, it's intentional and focused thought, you know? Mm-hmm. One of my intentions is I always have the intention of I'm going to make decisions based off of my desires and not off of my fears. Mm-hmm. And that actually has been very helpful because it's so easy to get distracted with shiny objects, especially as a seven. <laughs> Susan's laughing at me because she knows. And, and a lot of times it's like, this looks really good or I should really stay in this job. You know, when I quit my nine to five, it's actually the same month I got divorced to enter into full-time fitness, which was really scary for me because I hadn't lived on my own in a really long time. And I, you know, was living, I moved out of a house into an apartment and quit my stable job you know, with insurance and everything. And I'm like, I'm going to be a full-time cycle instructor. That's That was my intention. But had I been driven by fear or well, even add greed into that, I would never have quit my really stable job, right? right? And then had I not renegotiated later, you know, I was at this studio and I opened a couple studios for this brand and I was like so headstrong about getting these studios up and running and becoming a master instructor for this brand and traveling around the country and training people. And I was so stuck on it. And I forced that for a couple of years. And and not because I didn't, I don't know, it didn't stem from not like failing, but it was like, no, this is what I have decided I'm going to do. And I'm not stopping until I get it because I deserve it. Ooh, that's probably where that stemmed Mm. from. Ooh, that sounds like I need to spend a little time thinking about that because that just came to me but I deserve this. And then it just was not a good fit, right? It was ended up being very toxic. And then had I stayed there, I would have never found SoulCycle. I would have never found you, Dr. Susan. You know, I, I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of amazing things that I've accomplished in the last three years because I would have been so stuck on, no, my intention is to be this master instructor for this company. No, my intention is to live a very fulfilled life where I know my passion is resonated daily. Yeah. So what you just said makes a lot of sense because there's there was an intention under 
the intention that you spoke first. And I think that's what we all have to eventually do is I, you know, maybe the initial intention seems to be, you know, I want to be a best soul cycle instructor in the world, but the deeper intention was to live a life if you're in your full aliveness. And it turned out there was another path that seemed more suitable to get there. And maybe there's many more in the future, but that reminds me of something else that you and I've talked about that for me, that way of thinking takes me out of the the victim role where the world's Mm -hmm. happening to me. Right. Uh, because now I'm saying I choose to do this. And it might be, you know, so a renegotiation could be something very small. I'm, you know, thinking about, say, I'll make up something really small. You and your partner said that you said you were going to go out to dinner with him on Saturday night. And now you have thought about that and decided that going out to dinner on Saturday night is not in line with your really deep intention of going to bed early and getting up early so you can go and exercise. Okay, so that might sound like a small thing, but I might approach my partner and just say, instead of, you can introduce this language into your relationships. They Mm -hmm. might think you're crazy at first. Instead of saying, honey, I don't want to go to dinner. I, you know, let's change our plans. Say, look, I'd like to renegotiate this agreement that we made. We had an agreement. I acknowledge we had an agreement to go to dinner on Saturday night, but I would like to renegotiate that agreement. And this is why. Mm -hmm. It sounds a little kooky. But it makes it very intentional. And very drama-free, it sounds like. Drama-free, right. It's like, I'm, you know, I have thought about it, and I've decided that that's not in line with what I really want to do, and here's what I would like to renegotiate instead and maybe offer a different option. But it could be something very small, and so that we don't get into these, uh, you know, dramatic arguments mm-hmm. that are, you know, based on emotion. It's, that's not a highly emotional decision. It's a, it's a decision of I choose to do something. So I'm not a victim. I'm making a choice to do something different. Mm-hmm. I think that's very powerful. You had talked about this um, with me last week on my podcast that, you know, often when we're saying to ourselves, you know, I can't do that. Like, oh, I can't go out to dinner because I'm not going to be able to get up early and I'm going to have a hangover. Just changing the language to I choose to do X, mm-hmm. Y, and Taking Z. Taking ownership. Yeah. Right. It takes you out of the victim position and mm-hmm. puts you back in the driver's seat of your own life. And I think it, it's actually a, as cookie as it might initially sound if you're using this language in relationships. It does make things really clear for your partner, kids, whomever, if you start talking that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's really worked for me to say, you know, I'm not changing my mind. I'm asking you if we can renegotiate this agreement because right. here's the reasons why. And I liked what you said, too, where you're like, this doesn't align with what I see for myself. So if you're having trouble figuring out what an intention is, or I don't, I don't know, this is new talk to me. I don't know what an intention is. Let's break this down. So if you're having trouble figuring out what would be a good intention for you, maybe you look forward, look at your vision and spend a little time on the vision too. I'm huge with this in all of my coaching and you have to know where you're going in order to get there. And I'm not saying you have to have every part mapped out because things will change. You will have to renegotiate here. Who knows what the future has to hold, but you have to have some type of idea of what do you want in life, right? What do you want? Mm-hmm. And we'll use the um, the workout example. I want to feel good in my clothes, right? So that is going to drive your intention. That That's pretty much your intention. You know, you see yourself this vision of, oh, feeling good. And you're, you know, what's in that vision? Well, if I'm feeling good in my clothes, then I'm probably, you know, enjoying some workouts with my friends and not drinking wine on a Tuesday when we said we weren't going to drink all week, but it's only Tuesday. And here I am watching whatever's on Netflix. I don't watch, I don't know. What's the trending show these days? 
Housewives, something? I don't know either. <laughs> that was one of my intentions to start watching TV during the week. But yeah. You just look at what you want and you paint this picture like, okay, what is going to get me, you know, to this place that where I see myself? And you just work backwards where it's like, okay, if this is how I see myself in this vision, well, these are the behaviors that I probably need to do. And that stems from, which is, it's parallel to your intention. Yeah. You know? So it's really, it really can be pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Is this, we're not suggesting just giving things up or just having, you know, what I would say is resignation where it's like, eh, I don't feel like doing it and blah, blah. That's not uh, what we're talking about. It's uh, really inquiring to yourself, which takes a few minutes of time, maybe every day or longer, inquiring, like, what what is my deepest intention? And, and am I making this decision based on thoughtfulness about what's actually going to serve me and then abandoning and adopting? And I, I really like simplifying it to that level. Is this helpful? Okay, I've got the glass of wine in my hand and it's Tuesday. I'm about to start drinking it. And I said on Monday I wasn't going to do that. Is this helpful to helping me live in my fullest aliveness or is it not helpful? And then I can choose. So I'm not a victim. I'm making a choice. Mm-hmm. And the, the choice. choice could be either way. I mean, right. it wouldn't be the wrong decision to have a glass of wine if that's what you chose was in line with your right. deepest intentions. But it is intentional. It's not mm-hmm. like we talked about before, living life by accident. We're not living life accidentally. We're living life intentionally. Intentionally, yes. It's so helpful to have people in your life keeping you accountable to your intentions. So I say it all the time, say things out loud, voice them out loud, even to yourself, if that's where you need to start, but then voice your intentions to somebody else because they will keep you accountable to that. So for me, I recently, I did this five day fast thing and I loved it and hated it at the same time. I love the after effect during was tough. We'll call it that. But, you know, I, I came out with this new intention of, hey, I really want a healthier lifestyle. So from my intentions, my behaviors drive, right? So I said, okay, I want a healthier lifestyle. That's my intention. So I'm not going to drink by myself. Mm -hmm. And you have to figure out also what works for you, right? It wasn't going to be, I'm not going to drink Monday through Friday because I work on the weekends. Sometimes it works out better for me to meet up with a friend for dinner and celebrate a birthday on a Wednesday. So it wasn't going to be that. That wasn't going to work for me. But I said, I'm not going to drink by myself. And I said that and I voiced it to one of my friends, Jose, who will be a guest on the podcast at some point. But he knew my intention was to not drink by myself because I want a healthier lifestyle. So I texted him. This was actually last night. I'm like, I really want some wine right now. And he's like, well, are you trying to hang out? I was like, no, I want wine by myself. I have a lot of work I have to do. And he's like, no, 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 no. You said you were not going to drink by yourself. And you start to create this identity based off of your intentions. Now I can say, I'm sorry, I don't drink by myself. So I'm not doing that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I love, that's a great idea, I think, to um, become the person who does the things that you want to do. So you know, when you become a person who doesn't drink by yourself, it, you start that by just not drinking by yourself once, twice, three or four times. I'm working on becoming a person who doesn't watch TV at night, but reads books instead. Mm-hmm. Great. So to become that person, you have to just read a book every night and then you do it again and yeah. again. It and takes, again. right. What, 21 days to create a habit or 40 days or yeah. however so many. It, and then you may re- renegotiate that sometimes too. So, I, you know, I think it's good to be really flexible around these uh, ideas and to understand the idea of recommitment. But I love this um, idea that becoming the person that you want to be takes practice. If I want to 
be a person who reads every night instead of watching TV. Mm-hmm. That's a commitment. Uh, currently, I'm committed to that. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, it's if I had stayed in my, let's just use my marriage for an example. If I had stayed in that commitment, you know, I was married to someone who wanted me to stay in my nine to five. He didn't really believe in me taking a chance on wanting to be this full-time fitness instructor. And there were there were a lot of things that just didn't align with what I wanted in my vision, right? And had I said, you know, I, I deserve to have a, a marriage that is long-lasting and I deserve not to be divorced or I'm afraid of being a failure or whatever is driving your non-renegotiation, whatever is driving your stickness to your original commitment, then you, you miss out on opportunities that could have happened had you just been a little willing to renegotiate, you know, and actually, I mean, businesses do this too. It's not just personal, you know, I coach a lot of business professionals. And I mean, I think especially this year, you know, the word of 2020, 2021, pivot, 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 right? Mm -hmm. If I hear that word one more time, but you really do have to pivot. Think of um, Netflix. I always use Netflix as a good example because I listened to um, Mark Randolph's podcast, but Netflix started in, I think the nineties and they mailed DVDs to you. Mm, I remember that. And yeah, we we would pick them out. It came Mm. came with like a little magazine or something and you would circle your five top choices or something. I don't even know. And that, I mean, that was a great idea for the nineties, right? But had they said, no, this is what we are. This is what we committed to. You know, I'm sure their missions, I don't know what their mission statement is, but it probably was a little bit more broad than we sell DVDs online or, you know, we rent them to people. It was probably more like, we want to provide this experience for people and yada, 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 where they have easy access to entertainment, right? And that is the intention, right? Mm -hmm. So create a mission statement for yourself. And that is your intention. And so that is the underlying intention of, we'll just stick with Netflix. So as the world changes, the world evolves, everything pivots, people change, trends change, technology changes. They're like, hey, would Netflix even still be around if they were still renting DVDs? I don't even know what it was. Sending DVDs to people in the snail mail and then you mail them back a month later. Like, would that company even still be around? Yeah. No. Yeah. They evolved and now, you know, they evolved with the technology and the times and now they're very successful, right? And it's it's, it's a similar concept that we can apply into our personal lives of like, hey, I'm going to let myself change. I'm going to let myself evolve because above all my other commitments, and this is for anyone who thinks, you know, you're just a flake if you renegotiate, but above all my external commitments, I'm committed to myself. That's right. Present self and future self. Yeah. I think that's that's a great place to sort of end it because what could sum it up more than that? It's really pretty straightforward. So I think we can make things really complicated, right? And I, I certainly have a habit of doing that, can make any decision super complicated. And it's so hard to know what's right when you've got a billion different options. But if we can just break it down to being that simple, that Mm -hmm. we're committing to ourselves and to our deepest intentions and to whatever those are, but showing up in alignment with what's really true for us and and reminding ourselves that every day. So I really find that practice so helpful. Otherwise I would wander around for five days being lost. And then I remember again, okay, this is what I'm doing. And you can feel free to do that. You can get lost for a few days and come back. You can always start over. You know, there's a chance to start over in every moment, right? But for me, just reminding myself every day what my intentions are, it just gives me direction. And I I totally agree with you that that allows things to open up so that life starts moving in a direction that that is right for you. You know, so 
set that intention. And if you don't know, if that's still a little bit hard for you, just figure out what you're a yes for. And if you don't know, look at yourself in, in the future, in that vision of you, like, who do you want to be? And what is that person doing? And then you'll figure out, hey, what is that person a yes for? What did they do to get there? And then you apply those behaviors. And then don't talk yourself out of it. Because I think it's pretty easy to keep yourself stuck or scattered and kind of, you know, not making a move. Because you don't have to make a move. Action is scary. Change is scary. But you just have to get over that fear, get over that stubbornness and, and get over that fear of failure. You know, you're not a failure. You're just committed to yourself. And that's okay. And it's not selfish to commit to yourself. So thank you, Dr. Susan, for being on here. And I know this oh, is not so going to be exciting. our last podcast together. So once again, definitely have to check out Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan. And if listeners absolutely love you, where else can they find you? So everything about me is on my website, drsusan.com, D-R-S-U-S-A-N.com. And it's got links to all the other things. So that's the easiest place to get to all the other stuff. Amazing. Um, so people can come see me as a patient. or they yeah, can you're, So you're taking new clients. And, you're taking mm-hmm. new patients. Yeah, I actually see patients. And then we have lots of videos and other fun things and podcasts. Yes, and- your Instagram page is actually very informational. You post a lot on there and it's really helpful. So definitely catch her on Instagram, check out her website and definitely go see her too. The office is just beautiful and you're just a wonderful person. So, well, I would love to have you and we could talk all day. I was we about, did. when I just said this was a good place to end it, I was about to launch into a whole new topic. So we can do that at <laughs> time. to Dr. Susan's next podcast with me, whatever that thought is, we'll um, carry back to you. But that's all I have for you today. And as we always do, Dr. Susan and I both, we believe that you can create your life. We believe that you can create your fate. And to connect with more thoughts and inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at Let's Create Your Fate or online at Let's Create Your Fate.com. And if you loved this episode, please subscribe. Please write a review. That would help me so very much. Subscribe to Dr. Susan's podcast. It's wonderful. And that's what I got. But if I could leave you with just one thing, it's this. Expect good things and they will happen. Thanks for joining me today. And I will talk to you all soon. 